Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering the most exciting sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this week is no different. As always, I am joined by my three co-hosts. We have Andres, the Cavalier King, Bryant, first prize Flores, and none other than Mr. Champagne Chauncey. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. In this week's episode, out with the old, in with the new Dodger Dogs, our reaction to the Canelo fight, the final week of all the lines hockey picks versus the Cavalier King. Can Medina Spirit take race two of the Triple Crown this weekend at Pimlico? The NBA is in crunch time mode for everyone, especially the Lakers. Our panel picks one Major League Baseball player who they think will go off this weekend for our bold predictions. And lastly, Patrick is congratulating the Dodgers for being his scumbags of the night three weeks in a row. We're going to get into all this and we're going to answer all these questions after a quick message from our sponsor. In true weekend starts on Wednesday fashion, we are starting off the show with something extremely local to us and dear to at least Chaunce, myself, and Andres's heart. Not so much Flores because he's a, he's a Giants fan, but the Dodger Dogs have moved vendors. Um, Tony Cantella, the president of Papa Cantella's, is very proud to be the man behind the scenes. They are now producing the Dodger Dogs, who have been sold at Dodger Stadium since opening day. So it's the end of an era for the traditional Farmer's John Dodger Dogs. And I got to tell you guys, um, at first I was really sad. I was depressed because I was like, that sucks. I didn't even get a chance to have one last bite in the stadium. I would have liked to say goodbye in a more formal, proper way. But I am excited because reading the reviews, um, reading all the, uh, I guess what you can say, first initial thoughts on these new Dodger dogs by um, Cantella Farms. Everybody likes them. They're good. And um, they had taste tests. They tested out different formulas. And more than 100,000 Dodger dogs have been sold through the first 13 games at Dodger Stadium this season. And that is with limited fans in attendance. So I guess people like them. I'm uh, not too sure how you feel about them, Andres. Um, did you get a chance to try them when you went over to the Dodger games? Uh, no, I, I didn't because I don't eat meat anymore. So I've stayed away from Dodger Dogs the last. Oh what? Yeah, I don't. I don't eat that no more. Um, but Pat, what do you put on your Dodger Dog if you could have had one last uh, Farmer John Dodger Dog? What What's on that bad boy? I usually say onions, ketchup, mustard, and I tell the lady, "Let me get a side of that nacho cheese." So um, I can dip it in. So that's usually what I do. And um, I get two of them. Obviously, I got to get two of them. So that's how I roll so with the you, Dodger you, Dogs. You, 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 dip the che- you dip the dog into the cheese. You don't put the cheese on the dog. 
It just depends. It depends how, well, you know, what's going on, how, how my legs are working, the, you know, the little barbecue legs, we put the, the meal on your, on your legs. And so, but yeah, definitely got to get the nacho cheese. Damn. So you spend like 40 bucks on the two hot dogs and the cheese because the cheese isn't free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like 40 bucks when you walk away with two Dodger dogs, a beer and uh, some peanuts. No, I, re I remember going to buy micheladas one time, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to buy some for the group I'm with. So it was four total micheladas. <laughs> and then they gave me the total, and it was like 120 bucks. And I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? You got to love stadium food, bro. It just costs as much as a five-star restaurant. <laughs> How do you do your Dodger dogs, Chance? I'm kind of a basic Becky with my Dodger dogs, yo. Like, I'll probably throw, like, ketchup on one side, mustard on another. And if I'm feeling, like, real spunky, I might throw a little relish on there. <laughs> honestly, spunky? man. Yeah. Honestly, I keep it. I kind of keep it. Uh, I kind of keep it basic, you know, basic Rebecca when I'm on there with the Dodger dogs. But the nachos and some of the, the like, I will say this about Dodger Stadium, though, man. A part of the reason why it's one of my favorite stadiums. Um, the food options are pricey, but the micheladas are good and they're big. And they have that super nachos that come in the baseball helmet. Shit, straight fire. So, um, how, how many helmets do you have hiding in, behind you right now? Uh, I used to have one when, when I was a big weed smoker, a reefer smoker. I used to have all my, my reefer paraphernalia in, in one of them, but um, <laughs> since I've slowed down on that lifestyle, um, I, I've, I've tossed the remaining uh, helmets that I had. Luckily, they were, they won the World Series, but I should probably bring them back considering they fucking suck ass right now. Yeah, well, the, the reason, one of the reasons why I know the lovely Diana is a real one is because she keeps one of those in the shower. So after you clean the shower, you know you got to like rinse it down with something. So that's, that's what we use to rinse down the bubbles once she's done cleaning the shower. So um, that's my headline. And we're going to go stay really, really close to what just happened. So I'm going to toss it over to you, Flores, because we all know the Canelo fight just happened. And I got to speak for myself when I say I was not disappointed. How did it all break down for you? All right. So I'm going to start off a different angle. I'm going to start off with Billy Joe Saunders because it is just absolutely hilarious because this guy obviously is a big shit talker. Is He's been humbled probably for the first time in his career. And he was undefeated going into this. So it makes sense that he never had a reason to be humbled. He kind of ran through everybody before. But it's absolutely hilarious for anybody that knows <laughs> boxing. There's a, a prospect, the heavyweight prospect from the UK named Daniel Dubois. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, he fought against a guy named Joe Joyce. This was actually late last year. And in the 10th round, he took a knee and quit the fight because his eye was essentially broken. His orbital bone, same thing as what happened to BJS, to Billy Joe Saunders, happened to him. Everybody in the boxing world started criticizing him for taking a knee and for quitting the fight. That's exactly what you just did, Billy Joe Saunders. I, I hope you listen to this one day because Billy Joe Saunders made a little video of him laying in bed saying, oh, you're, you're going to get your little eye broken. You got to you got to 
take me out of the ring in a coffin if you're going to take me out of the ring. <laughs> and you're quitting just because your eyes hurt? You got to be kidding me. And he was literally, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but he was literally criticizing this up-and-coming young 23-year-old boxer saying he had no heart, he had no balls, and not just him, but the whole UK was saying the same thing, and now Billy Joe Saunders literally quit on his stool. Granted, he broke his cheek in three different places along with his orbital bone, so essentially he got his face broken in by Canelo, and he got a nice little slice of that humble pie. Let me now switch over to Canelo. He is absolutely cementing himself as, I mean, he already kind of was, but as the fighter of this era, he's one fight away from being the undisputed champion at 168 pounds, which, you know, he has the liberty of doing this right now because he went away from Golden Boy, and Golden Boy was trying to set up all these random fights for him that the fans actually want to see, like another Triple G fight or him going up to 175 and fighting some of the guys there before, better be, you know, whatever it may be. But Canelo's doing his thing. He wants to be undisputed at 168 first before deciding what else he wants to do, whether another Triple G fight, whether, like I just mentioned, moving up. He has the world in his palms right now, and he just proved why again. It was a masterful display. A lot of people said he was losing a couple of rounds. No, he was just stalking. That's what he was doing. He knew that anything Billy Joe Saunders threw at him wasn't going to hurt him. Amir Khan is a fighter that fought Canelo a couple years ago. Granted, Amir Khan's more of like a 147-pound guy, and he moved up to fight Canelo. And Amir Khan, over the first four rounds, you could say was beating Canelo with his speed, things like that. But then Canelo just has this one-punch knockout power <laughs> that is honestly, it's, I mean, I'm not the longest living boxing fan i wasn't watching boxing in the 60s 70s 80s or really the 90s or even the 2000s kind of but his one punch knockout power i think is the top one punch knockout power for any mexican fighter ever especially this high up in weight as he is at 168 and he just showed why he can stalk you and hit you to the body hit you with these hooks he's probably the best counter puncher in boxing right now meaning that he lets you throw at him first and then comes right back at you with two to three punches it was masterful it was amazing it got two of you guys to sign up for the zone it got another one of my friends to sign up for the zone so obviously money wise he's making it happen but I, I don't know about you guys i mean chance did you watch the fight i did not man i saw the highlights um after i saw a succession of 40 messages from you guys in, a, in, in about like <laughs> in about like two minutes so I, I was scouting the internet but um yeah man I'm, I'm just trying to see um like I said though I knew Canelo was going to come in and dominate which it sounds like he did although I heard one of the judges in the replay I was watching saying that he actually had the fight for Billy Joe Saunders which I was no all three all it's actually the opposite everybody was shocked that all three cards were so heavily in Canelo's favor because a lot of people did think that Billy Joe Saunders had won a little bit more rounds than what the judges were giving him. Yeah. Well, but I, there I was only one judge. There was, sorry, real quick. There's only, there was one judge, one out of the three, who was actually the British judge was the only one that was in favor of Canelo outside of that. But yes, the majority of judges did have, Billy Joe Saunders uh, winning the fight up until... Wait, what are you, what are you talking about? All three judges had 
Canelo oh, I'm wins sorry, by sorry, a, a landslide. I, I, I meant the I meant the commentator. Sorry. Not the oh, nobody. The get, yeah, okay, that I was gonna save that possibly for a scumbag of the night, but Chris Mannix, shut the fuck up, Chris Mannix. Why the fuck is Chris Mannix doing boxing? The zone, please move on from this guy. It's white privilege at its peak right there. Him and Tim Tebow fight for white privilege at, at, at the highest levels. Chris Mannix is the absolute worst boxing commentator of all time. The guy does not know shit about boxing. Stick to the NBA. Stick to free agency, Chris Mannix. Fuck you, Chris Mannix. I've been trying to get that off my chest for years now because of the zone. Hey, uh, Andres, you were going to say something when Flores was first talking about the fight, or? Uh, well, I was just saying about with regards to to uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I don't necessarily agree with you, Flores, in the sense that his heart and determination wasn't in the fight. I don't think it was actually his call to stop the fight. I think that was actually the doctor's corner who actually came in and took No, there was no doctor. It was, it was the corner. It was the corner. It wasn't the doctor. It was but his I don't, actual okay, corner. So Oh, yeah, they, so let me, okay, let me ask hold on. Was it, was it they actually, asked was it actually him. him, though? They asked, they him. asked him, and, 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 and he, he said he yes, and he agreed. Okay. Which, I, which, again, the same, regardless, it came to the same conclusion as what he was talking about with that other UK fighter, Daniel Dubois. So, regardless, the point is the same that he quit. And totally. that's what he was criticizing. I didn't see that part. I thought that was the doctor's call on that. I didn't see the part where he had yeah, actually he been just, asked that, that's what boxers do all humbly. They just, like, nod their head very slowly. Yeah. I know you guys aren't watching this when you're listening to this, but they just very slowly nod their head when the corner asked him if they want to stop, and that's what he did because he knew he was done. There was no way. And one of the sickest things I've seen in a boxing ring in a while was once Canelo hurt him, and I was going to send you guys this, this message, Canelo said, my trainer, Eddie Reynoso, said that once I knock him down or I hurt him, to start cheering on the crowd because it was going to put him in an even worse place. And that's exactly what Canelo did. He started raising his arms to get the crowd to cheer, kind of like defensive linemen do before the offense comes up. That was one of the coolest things I've seen in a boxing match. Because as a boxer, you don't do that because you're scared that the guy's going to knock your ass out while you're doing it. But obviously, Canelo was not afraid of that at all. Yeah, it was a great fight. Um, Andres, over to you. Hockey playoffs start this weekend, um, and your headline is hockey-related. Please explain to us what you're excited about. I mean, I'm excited for the future. Uh, the real MVPs of the NHL hockey season this year goes to Austin Matthews, who is the assistant captain uh, to the, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, as well as Connor uh, McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers. They both did feats and accomplishments that didn't think were going to be uh, you know, acclimable or able to even in the reach of a shortened season. But Austin Matthews scored 40 goals in a season less than uh, 50 games that hasn't been done in 20 years, uh, as well as Connor McDavid uh, scoring 100 points in less than 50 games. That's only been done four times in the history of the game. And those uh, three other names are in very much righteous company of Hall of Famers. One goes by uh, Mario Lemieux, Super Mario. He did it twice, <laughs> twice, and he did it in 38 games, which is the record both times, which is an unbelievable feat. Um, Yarmir Yager and the great one uh, in honor of our 99th show, Wayne Gretzky. So those three, he's in fine company, 
the future looks incredibly bright for, for hockey. They're both only 24 years old. They're both uh, have been in the league for almost uh, six seasons. So it's kind of incredible to see what they're doing. Uh, they look very strong moving forward to the, into the playoffs. Both Toronto and Edmonton have the top four seed in the uh, Canadian division because of COVID. I actually think for the future or of the season, I think a Canadian team might actually take the title this year. They haven't had a Canadian team to win one since the 90s. So I think it could be either um, Austin Matthews and or Connor, McGra- uh, Connor McDavid. <laughs> I was waiting until you were going to slip Every single time you said his name, it's like you wanted to say Connor McGregor. I did, I did. But Connor McDavid, uh, the future looks bright, Patrick. These guys are going to be the next Ovechkin. Well, I shouldn't say the next. These guys are going to be their own Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, and they're going to just set the you know a good road in front of us for the future of hockey. So the real MVPs of hockey. And, and they're both one and two in the, in the MVP race this year, by the way. And the other thing too that's funny about that is that there's a third name that you didn't mention that's really young. It's the the kid that plays for Colorado. Is his name McKinnon? McKinnon, yes, he is great too. But I think um, the fact that he's got a little bit more, uh, you know, tread on his tires for the next coming season. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Connor McDavid was the number one pick uh, in the draft in 2015 shows speaks volumes to where he's where he's supposed to be in his lineage of his career right now. So he's setting the mark right now. And is Connor McDavid that kid that came out of Arizona? No, um, I don't. I gotta double check. Jimmy with the stats will give me the stats on All right. Connor McDavid. Jimmy, get back to us later on if Connor McDavid is from Arizona and if Connor McGregor did play hockey. Flores, you can guarantee <laughs> that he'd be out there with no stick, just out there trying to fight somebody. Um, so we have so, uh, real quick, sir. Uh, sorry, real quick, Jimmy with the stats. Thank you so much for that quick stats. He's from Richmond Hill, Ontario. So no, he's a Canadian. Canada looks great for the future. Hockey players. So, <laughs> all right. So we have one last headline. Over to you, Chance. What is it? Yeah, my headline is in regards to a basketball player, and it's it's a, it's a rapper turned basketball player. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of rappers out there who've always wanted to hoop. Master P is the one who comes to mind uh, for me. He's the guy who played for the Hornets, played also for the Raptors. For those who don't know, he actually. Uh, was a pretty good basketball player, got recruited by the University of Houston and the University of Louisville, my favorite collegiate basketball team coming out of high school, uh, but still wasn't able to make it to the NBA. This rapper named Jermaine Lamar Cole, also known as J. Cole, will be playing basketball in Africa for the Basketball Africa League. Uh, in Rwanda. So my headline is Hotel Rwanda because Jay Cole <laughs> uh, spending uh, the summer over in Africa playing in the BAL, which is again the, the Basketball uh, African League. And this is amazing. This is a, a league, fellas, that um, was formed in conjunction with the NBA and FIBA. They have sponsorships from Nike, from Jordan, from Pepsi. So this is a real league that they're putting money into. Kind of like uh, Andre, Andres and, and, and Flores, you guys uh, appreciate this. Kind of um, comparable to UA from the UEFA Champions League because each each country's national league 
Um, they can send a team to play. They play in this tournament to see who qualifies for the African Basketball League, which is now comprised of 12 teams. And the team that J. Cole is playing for, um, the Rwanda Patriots, it, they're the newest team founded in 2014. So we'll see what he does. You know, usually when a guy does this, it's more for like, you know, fans and to, to generate interest. I'm not saying that it's any different this time around, but, you know, the biggest difference is it's not on homeland soil. You know, this is this is this is across the Atlantic over in Africa in the motherland. And it's not like we're, I'm sure we can stream his games, but it's not like we can watch these games without the NBA league pass or, you know, without NBA TV. So um, J. Cole, who is said to be retiring after his next album. A lot of rappers always say that. We don't know if that's true or not, um, but he could very well do that. I just looked it up, fellas. Uh, he's actually worth like 50 or $60 million. So he's managed his money well. He's also a college graduate, uh, graduate magna cum laude from, from St. John's, another Jesuit school for all you LMU boys out there. Wow. So, you know, shout out to J. Cole. He's a good dude, even better rapper. And, um, you know, Flores, I don't know how you feel about him because you're, you're the one of the you're the only MC uh, of the foursome here. But uh, really glad that he's getting getting out an opportunity to live out his dream. Wait, Flores, yeah, real I, quick, real uh, quick. Go ahead. Chance, uh, real quick on the on the team that he's playing for. One, is this is this going to be his bridge? Is he hoping to get an NBA contract through this? And two, go ahead. Because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen him play, you know, in his mix or like, you know, videos on YouTube when he plays at the Wire, or he plays against Kanye or whatever leagues that he's in, and the ball, the guy can, can ball. I, I will definitely agree with that. Um, but the question is, um, if it's not for that bridge, can he also play for the Olympic team for Africa if they if they qualify for the Olympics if he if he's good enough? So I think honestly, I think I hadn't even thought about that, but uh, that Andres. I, Will happen. I think he could definitely be on the Olympic team representing, you know, uh, you know, Rwanda or, you know, that country. But I don't think he he's trying to build a bridge to the NBA. The difference between he and Master P was uh, and Jay, look, Jay, Jay Cole can ball. He's he can shoot. He's a great shooter. But like like Master P was a much better basketball player than Jay Cole. Um, he had scholarship offers. J. Cole walked on at St. John's and then decided to focus on music. Um, another thing is, man, he's much older than Master P was. Master P was like 30, 31 when he was trying to make it in the NBA. J. Cole is going to be 36, right? So it, it's going to be pretty tough for a guy that old. Yeah, he's sneaky old, right? So it's going to be pretty tough for a guy that old to try to make it into the NBA. But I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Um, you know, and like, look, I don't care. I, it's funny because my boys and, and I back in Kentucky, we would always talk about, I think when I graduated college, they were talking about how like in, in like either Greenland or Iceland, you could go over there and play basketball for like $35,000. Like if you were good enough, they'd pay you to come there and play. And I was like, dude, I fucking do it. Like, I don't care how much, how little money you're getting. Like, I think anybody would tell you that they would be a pro baseball, basketball, football, cricket, soccer, golf. If you get paid to do it, you would do it. So you know, shout yeah, out so to him. And what time? What time is your? What time is your flight tomorrow to Iceland? Oh man, actually, I'm <laughs> headed out at eight twenty, man. Icelandic air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I have I have one word to say about this whole thing. Puma. If it wasn't for Puma and all these J Cole and him trying to push out his new shoes 
and really trying to build that brand with Puma, I don't think this would ever, ever, ever happen. But, you know, when shoe brands get involved in all this stuff, and you guys can look up his new sneakers and all this stuff, Kyle Kuzma's a big Puma guy. Uh, I think uh, LaMelo Ball is also on Puma. So if it wasn't for the shoe brand, I don't think this would be happening. Also, quick story. I know we got to go, but on Master P, when I was at UCLA, a lot of celebrities would go play basketball there. I saw Adam Sandler play basketball there. Jada Kids play basketball there. I met Kobe Bryant there, shook his hand. Master P is an absolute fucking baller. That guy was pulling up from half court during a pickup game and just shooting effortlessly. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. That guy was absolutely legitimate. And he was 6'4". J. Cole's only 6'2". So, what, is J. Cole going to be the point guard there? Is he going to be handling the ball? I don't think he could do that. Is he going to be banging in the paint? I don't know if he can necessarily do that either at that height. So what is he going to be? He's going to be a shooter. That's all I can see him doing. But Master P, though, like you were saying, Sean, that's a complete other beast. You can find NBA jerseys with Master P's name on them. You can't say that about any other rapper ever. So shout out Master P on this one. And at the same time, shout out J. Cole. So we have um, Canelo breaking Billy Joel Saunders' face. Dodger Jogs switch brands to Papa Cantella. Hotel Rwanda inspired by J. Cole and the real MVP of hockey. Those are last week's Heroes and Headlines. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Andres, congratulations. You went three for three last week in your hockey picks. Good job. Thank you, um, thank you, Pat. Thank you, thank you. Nighttime, the Nick. About it is, Pat. The I, I didn't... Uh, the fucked up thing about it all is that I uh, we talked about it on the show. I did it, and I didn't even put a wager on it the very next day. So I'm a little disappointed in myself to not believe in myself to bet on myself for that. But I'm glad to get the three points on the board to to be tied with uh, nighttime Nick. Is that who's in, who's who I'm tied with? Okay. So we got we got a we got a good. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire. I feel like that. Well, it has to come down to the wire. So you're at six points because you went three for three last week. Nighttime Nick is at six points because he went three for three. Uh, Thomas is at two points. So even if Thomas gets all three picks tomorrow correct, um, he doesn't win. But he still is being a very good participant. So the picks for tomorrow. the um, Andres, thank, thank you for the charity. Thank you for the charity. <laughs> and Andres, you're taking the Edmonton Oilers to beat the Canadians at two o'clock. Yes. You're taking the Golden Knights to beat the Sharks at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're taking the Avalanche to beat your own Los Angeles Kings at 6 o'clock. Um, so, you know, that is a very strategic play. Nighttime Nick is taking the Canadians to beat the Oilers at 2 o'clock. He's taking the okay. St. Louis Blues to beat the Minnesota Wild at 5 o'clock. And he's taking the Kings to beat the Avalanche at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Thomas okay. is taking the Senators to beat the Maple Leafs at 5 o'clock. He's taking the Golden Knights to beat the Sharks at 6 o'clock. He's taking the Kings to lose to the Avalanche at 6 o'clock. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, um, four weeks ago, 
Andres the Cavalier King was challenged by all the lines hockey picks presented by the Lacari brothers because they claim that they knew more about hockey than Andres. So Andres has one more person to beat out, which is Nighttime Nick. So he collects the pot of money that they all put in. So that concludes the Wednesday hockey picks. Andres, good luck to you. Nighttime Nick, good luck to you. And Thomas, I hope you go perfect so you can get in the mix and a respectable score. So Chance, the 6.30 game after work, the Portland Trailblazers fighting for the playoff spot, taking on the Utah Jazz, looking to stay number one or two in the West. Why should the audience be watching this game? Why do you think we're talking about it tonight? Well, Utah, for a couple of reasons, Utah is trying to maintain pace um, as the first team in the Western Conference that's going back between them and the Phoenix Suns and the Portland Trailblazers um, are trying to stay out of that seventh spot so they don't have to play in the play-in tournament. So definitely a compelling game that we have tomorrow at 6.30 um, p.m. Pacific time. It's going to be a home game for the Utah Jazz who have been without Donovan Mitchell, but that has not affected their play. Both of these teams actually have been pretty hot. Both have won four out of their last five games. Um, the the Jazz had that heartbreaker, fellas, to uh, Steph Curry and um, and the state the Golden State Warriors a few days ago when Steph hit that that heartbreaking three towards the end of the game to win the, to win the game. But you know, I think that this team because they are so dependent on Donovan, even though they probably have the best all-around team, and not all-around team, but they have the best all-around ball movement, excuse me, and then they have one of the best benches in the league with, in my opinion, the sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, who went off for 41 a few nights ago. I think they're going to go down to the Blazers, and that's because the Blazers finally have Dame Dollar back, and this is a guard-oriented team. This is going to be a guard-versus-guard matchup. Um, we all know how soft Rudy Gobert is. He's probably softer than <laughs> Charmin toilet paper. Um, so uh, he's not going to be that much of a factor outside of rebounding and a few blocks. But I think Dame Dalla, CJ McCollum, and this Portland Trailblazer team, whose coach is on the hot seat, because there's speculation in, the, in league circles right now that Terry Stotts might not be back next year. Um, so, and he's been a long time coach there. He's been there, I want to say, seven, eight seasons, um, has experience under George Carl. Um, so I honestly seen Dame Dollar, CJ McCullough, and Ennis Cantor uh, pulling it together and actually beating the Jazz on the road tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Lakers Nation would love a Jazz victory tomorrow night, and that actually shifts gears over to you, Flores. 7.30, the Houston Rockets are coming into Los Angeles, taking on the Lakers. What's going on there? Well, what's going on right now is Lakers are handling business against the Knicks tonight while this show's being recorded on Tuesday night. And LeBron James decided to sit out tonight. There was a chance he was going to come back tonight, but he decided to sit out. But guess what? He's coming back against the Rockets for the stretch run, essentially. And the way that the Lakers are probably viewing these next four games, because they have four games left in the season, is it's a playoff series. If you sweep the next four games which one of them is tonight, which then the Rockets is another one, you're probably not going to be in that spot of the play-in tournament because the Blazers are playing a murderer's row of teams right now, the top two teams in the West. We're going to talk about it a little bit more uh, for uh, the following day's game for Portland as well. But 
just the Lakers need to win, man. And AD came back into form. I mean, he dropped 40 plus against the Suns, the top team in the West, and they beat the Suns. And that just speaks to what the Lakers can be. They're the defending champions, and they're getting LeBron James back. This is his second time coming back. So you know <laughs> that this is actually him coming back solid, that he's not going to have that little pain in his ankle. So I'm excited to see what the Lakers do for the stretch run because we haven't really had a chance to see Drummond in there with LeBron and helping out AD and this full squad. So they're taking on my boy Derek Rose. I'm actually watching him lace up his D. Roses right now. He's been tearing them up. So shout out D. Rose. But I still expect the Lakers to win tonight against the Knicks and win uh, against the Rockets on Wednesday night and make it happen. And I do actually think that Portland is going to lose both of these games to so the Jazz and to the Suns. More on that in a little bit. <laughs> so the um, Wednesday action is, of course, the Wednesday hockey picks. The Hardwood, Blazers, and Jazz at 6.30, Rockets, and Lakers at 7.30. That concludes Wednesday. Moving over to Thursday, very early Thursday game for us West Coast gentlemen. Baseball, 10.40 a.m., the St. Louis Cardinals are headed to Milwaukee to play the Brewers. Why are we talking about this game? We are talking about this game because personally, myself, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I like playing fantasy baseball more than playing fantasy football. I'm probably one of the only persons out there that will ever say that, but I love fantasy baseball. And I have two pitchers going on Thursday morning. So this is going to be a game of special interest to me. Jack Flaherty, 6-0 for the Cardinals, facing Corbin Burns, who is actually slated as one of the up-and-coming pitchers to look out for this season. He was sidelined for the last, I think it was 10 or 12 days due to COVID protocols. So he's back. You should expect him to do extremely well at home on Thursday morning. I can't even tell you who I want to win because I need one of these pitchers to get a W so I can get some fantasy points. So I don't care who wins. I just want one of them to win. I hope both pitchers do not get a no decision. The best case scenario for me, Andres, since I have the Cardinals closer, would be for Flaherty to go seven strong and my Cardinals closer to pitch a perfect ninth. So I get double the points and we all know I need it because everyone always talks shit to me in that league. Everybody comes after me because I'm the only person to ever go back to back in that league as a baseball champion. So everybody always, they're, always, they're haters. They're haters in that league. Everybody's I, I always gunning for me. I feel like LeBron James, everyone's always out to get me. Everyone's always want a piece of me. So <laughs> Um, so that, that starts off the day. So good luck, Flaherty and, uh, 7 PM on dress, the Portland trailblazers. Again, we have to have them on watch going into Phoenix, taking on the suns. And the question I pose to you, should Chris Paul be considered for the MVP? Yes or no? No, absolutely not. Look, <laughs> Chris Paul, no, let's not take anything away from Chris Paul. The guy is a hell of a point guard. He's a great player, but for the MVP of this season, absolutely not. Yes, he turned the team around in, in Phoenix. Yes, it was a missing piece to help Devin Booker and, you know, be that mentor to him and guide him to, to the playoffs. And they're doing fucking phenomenal. But there are other players having much better seasons than Chris Paul. Let's not talk let's first talk about my boy who I personally put money on that I think he's the front runner now and until the season ends to win it. The Joker and Jokic. Uh, I don't necessarily think that he should be deserving of it, but I know he's going to win it because he's still handling business 
uh, and getting the team to the playoffs in Denver without uh, Murray. Um, also, let's not take away from the, the king of triple doubles, by the way. That guy is having a fucking phenomenal year. Flores, help me out the name. Who is it? Russell, Russell West, Westbrook. Westbrook. From the University the- of UCLA. I mean, the, the man is having a fucking year. That's, and I don't understand how he's not part of the uh, MVP talks at all. This guy's had, is this his fourth triple-double average per season? Is that correct? Yeah, his, his fourth one ever. There's only been one other season ever other. like that. And he yes. has four of them himself. Yeah, so next season, I believe he breaks the record. He's a for-sure he, Hall of Famer. He did break the record. He oh, just he did, broke he it. did break it. He just, he yeah, just broke he just it. broke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I thought they were tired. Sorry, apologies. But I think that guy's having a hell of a hell of, excuse me, uh, MVP season. As He's well not as, even the best player on uh, his team. I Well, I know Beal is, and that's the crazy, crazy part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, we have to go. We have anyways, to move on. So, move on. Do, so you said Chris Paul, hell no. no. Chris Paul, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Okay. Chris Paul isn't even a top 10 contender for MVP this season. It's ridiculous that people would actually say I agree that. with you. I agree with you. I You're agree tripping. With you. I guarantee, I do. Guarantee he comes in top three. Guarantee he finishes top three. I think he's the should... same thing that we just said with Westbrook. He's not even the best player on the team. But I'm just, okay, okay. He, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But. That same best player played on that team that had 20 less wins last year. And there's obviously a big difference as to why they're winning more this year. Well, they went undefeated in the bubble and were the hottest team in the bubble. And they still didn't make the playoffs. Well, that's because that one Instagram model. <laughs> All right, let's end the segment there. Next game. <laughs> okay, so um, personally, I'm actually rooting for the Suns in my first first time in my life ever to beat the Blazers. So let's go Suns Thursday night. So 10:40 a.m. Cardinals Brewers, 7 p.m. Blazers Suns. That concludes Thursday's action. Moving on to Friday, we have a very important local uh, baseball series. I guess you can say the 4:10 p.m. is the Angels going into Boston, taking on the Red Sox. Flores, before we get your analysis of this game, we decided to do a fantasy-style weekend baseball draft. We're all picking one player who we think is going to score the most fantasy points Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So um, I will get it started, and I am going to go with J.D. Martinez for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm going to go with him. Chance, were you going to pick him? Yeah, I was going to pick him. White Power, J.D. Martinez. Okay, so yeah. if, if you were going to pick him, then I'll let you have him. No, 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 no. I'll go with someone else. There's, there's, no, there's yeah, because why, why, yo, no, but for real, why did Pat get the number one pick in the draft, though? Especially he's the one that knows the most. About all yeah, this that's some bullshit. And he gave, and he gave himself yeah. the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, the motherfucker. All of a sudden, no. Well, no, no you guys... Hey, I say, I say, we vote to give that one to Charles. Because you guys yeah, all turned Charles, your cameras. Yeah, you guys all turned your cameras off, so I thought you were doing research. So I was giving you time to no, research. No, no, no. <laughs> all right, so yeah, no, it's I'm, cool. I'm, 
I already I'm got definitely doing research. You're right. I, I got a backup. I got a backup. We'll give Chance JD Martinez because I'm gonna be rooting for the motherfucker anyways because he's on my fantasy team. So Wait, uh, let's Chance make the first pick. Chance, what do you want for your first pick? Let's just do it like that. I want to hear from Chance's mouth. Well, he already. I mean, he sold the thunder. I was gonna say JD Martinez okay, so specifically. You, so, you, so you want JD yeah, Martinez? Just, okay. Yeah, because he's the reason is is he's he's top he's top three. In home runs, RBIs, and hits. So, I mean, if you're trying to get bang for your buck, I mean, he's going to get you the most points. So, how could you not? He's not. That? He's not even going to get the most points no, of that I, series. I, I, One thousand percent, Flores. But I'll let you have it. Okay. You're talking it okay. up. You're talking it up. Flores, who do you got then? And the reason why I'm saying that Martinez is not going to have the most points of that series is because my boy Otani. Been on his nuts all season. <laughs> I don't even. I honestly don't even know if he's pitching one of the games, which I think he doesn't hit when he pitches, so it might backfire against me. But I still believe in him so much that I'm going with Otani. All right, and Andres, who are you taking? I am taking Anderson for the White Sox. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. I think he's gonna have a big weekend. I was gonna take I was gonna take Muncie, but we had stated no no favorite teams. So I'm gonna go out and pick up Tim Anderson. I have him on my team and he's playing against the, the lowly Royals this weekend, so I think he's gonna be able to go off. So we cannot pick up players from our favorite team? That was determined? Uh, that, I thought that was no, go, pre show. Why who are you gonna pick? Pat? No, I'm good. I'll go with Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. okay, Goldie. Okay. Okay. Reason Good being, defense. reason being, Paul Goldschmidt is also on my fantasy team, and with Nolan Ar- with Nolan Arenado in the lineup, who actually I could have fucking picked, but anyways, um, with Nolan Arenado in the lineup, he's been doing extremely well. The differential, um, for the St. Louis Cardinals this year is plus twenty eight, so they've been scoring a lot of runs. Pitching has been holding it down. I'm going with Paul Goldschmidt. So, um, Flores. Back to the baseball series. Four o'clock, Angels, Red Sox. Uh, do you need to say more about why you're excited about this series? Man, who knew that Otani was going to be having a better – well, you, and the thing is you can argue it both ways. Who is having the better season, Mike Trout or Shohei Otani? And the fact that they have that Shaq and Kobe duo there and they have Rendon come back, which is what I think you said, Pat. Yeah. I just – I, I love the Angels. I'm probably going to start working security at the Angels games, a couple games this season, just FYI. If y'all see me out there, shout out. We can start on Wednesday, and I'll, I'll gap you up. But, yeah, man, I just – the Angels kind of started off good and have sucked ever since. And over their last 10, they're three and seven, their last in their division. But, hey, I'm still riding with them. They're like little kid on the block that you want them to do good and – the Red Sox are the second best team in the majors right now. They're clearly not the best team in the majors because that belongs to the mighty San Francisco Giants. But hopefully the Angels can take down the Red Sox this weekend. All right, so let's condense the um, explanations to one minute for um, the Marl- the Marlins versus the Dodgers is at 7 o'clock Friday night. Your favorite pitcher, Chance, Clayton Kershaw, is going up Friday night. Will they be playing – I love LA on Friday night. Hell no. 
<laughs> Hell no. I'm sorry, man, but I'm just like, you know, the Dodgers, man, and, and Kershaw. I mean, like, what, he just had his, his shortest outing ever. Um, his last start against, was it the Cubs, maybe? Like, where he was done in, like, one and one-third or something, just something ridiculous, man. I don't know what to, you know, make of the Dodgers. I know it's early. I haven't given up on them yet. Another thing that I have a problem with, uh, frankly, Patrick, I think they're going to lose because they've been losing. That's the trend. And then Don Madden lately. <laughs> is he still the manager of the Marlins? He is. Okay, so he's going to exact revenge on, 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 on the Dodgers for letting him go. And then lastly, man, punk-ass Trevor fucking Bauer is the one speaking up saying, like, I didn't come here to lose. And, like, that's right. That's walk. right. You just don't walk. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You haven't won shit, man. You haven't earned, you have not earned the right to talk any type of shit, motivational, whatever, inspirational, none of that, man. Just go out there, pitch with your one-eyed willy, small dick ass, fucking curveball, whatever it is that you throw, slider with your one eye open, and just fucking try to get out. Okay, do your job, Trevor Bauer. How about that? Um, before you start telling everyone else, Mookie Betts, multi, multi-time MVP, all-star, you know, Kershaw, who I hate, you know, Justin Trout, all these other guys, Corey Seager, who have done something and you haven't done shit. So the Dodgers are going to get smoked. I'm, I'm predicting, I already got a bold prediction for you, fellas. I'm predicting a Marlins sweep of the Ooh. Dodgers. Is that bold enough for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, please. Okay. That's how down I am on the Dodgers. So, um, with the mention of... I love it. I love it. I love it, Trance. Welcome to the dark side. Trance, you like it? I fucking love it, baby. Love that. (laughs) So, with the first mention of bold predictions, each bold prediction is worth seven points. First to 21 collects beer from the losers. I have 14 points. Bryant has seven. Chance has seven. And I believe Andres has been too bold, stuck at zero. Andres, you have time to turn it around. So that concludes Friday action. That concludes Friday's action. We have Angels baseball in Boston at four o'clock. Then we have the Dodgers hosting the Marlins at seven o'clock. The next day, Saturday, is another big horse racing event. The second leg of the Preakness Stakes. So there has been some controversy, uh, Andres. Bob Baffert's horse tested positive for um, too much medicine, or what was it, Andres? Please brief us on the situation, and uh, go ahead, and you and Chance can discuss whether or not you think Medina Spirit is going to win the Preakness. Look, Medina Spirit um, was caught with having an anti-inflammatory shot uh, between the joints. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, honestly. I think there was something to try to frame – Bob Baffert. It's like me or any athlete taking Tylenol, right, for a headache. There's nothing wrong with taking an anti-inflammatory. They know that as runners for the for the horses, their knees can get swollen. It's not like he was taking a steroid. If he if they had said that he tested positive for a steroid, then by all means, do what you got to do for the punishable offense. No problem. But an anti-inflammatory, I think it's all bullshit. They're upset. They're hating on Bob Baffert because he's the GOAT. Uh, they're trying to revoke him. I'm a little surprised that it's coming out of uh, Churchill Downs. Chance, you can give me the inside scoop from being the, inside the homeland from there. But um, Medina Spirit, big race this weekend, regardless for the Preakness. He's still the favorite. Bob Baffert will not be at the track in Baltimore. Um, it's the shortest race of the three big races. I think as a factor, Medina Spirit wins no problem. 
He's a hell of a horse. He's got a lot of spunk. Um, I think the other runners in the race, I'm looking at... Uh, so Bob Baffert has another horse called Concert Tour at 5-2. to two. Uh, I would throw him in the mix. I do like Unbridled Honor because of the, the jockey in um, Flavion Pratt, who's a local runner at Santa Anita, and Midnight Bourbon. So those are the ones I'm looking forward to see what happens and do that. Chance, what are your thoughts on the Bob Baffert? You know, I don't I don't have a problem, um, you know, with him defending himself. Look, horse racing, like any other sport, is a dirty business. A lot of these horses take steroids. Um, I get that it wasn't a steroid, Andres, but at the same time, he had an extremely high amount of this anti-inflammatory in his system. Um, the funny thing is, it's, 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 it's so weird because the initial test came back positive, and then they have a second test, what they call a slit test. That's going to take weeks to confirm whether, you know, he had it in his system or not. And if that test is negative, then Medina Spirit's fine. Obviously, if it's positive, then, you know, you have to, he's going to be revoked as, as a derby winner and the potential Preakness winner. Um, I don't think it was a conspiracy. I mean, Bob Baffert has won six of them things. If they really wanted to ice him out, he wouldn't have gotten that far. Um, but, you know, you know, I think his response was kind of telling. He was like, I'm going to fight this. It was it was your Trumpian, your typical Trumpian response that he had. Um, but some side note controversy about the Preakness is that rapper Jack Harlow um, is supposed to be uh, uh, hosting or doing the writers up at the Preakness. But um, for those who don't know, he's embroiled in some controversy in my hometown of Louisville because he hosted a party the day before the Derby, so the night of the Kentucky Oaks, for those who don't know, the Kentucky Oaks, the Phillies race, the Phillies equivalent of the Derby. And um, his DJ has just been indicted. Jack Carlos' DJ has just been indicted for shooting and killing a woman at this club. Um, so Jack Harlow was actually supposed to do the Riders Up call Saturday at the Derby. Once his DJ shot someone, he booked out, left Atlanta, didn't even tell his mama he had left to go to go back to Atlanta. And now he's pretty much just been silent, radio silent on social media, on every platform, and no one knows if he's going to show up at the Preakness. So controversy around the festivities, some controversy around the horses racing in the, in the race. I'm sure all the folks at Pimlico love this. I um, think it's going to be a great race. One thing I don't like about it, though, fellas, there's only 10 horses running. I wish there were about three to four more horses running. Um, but, you know... That's usually how it is. Usually, most of the horses are going to run at the Derby. Few, fewer at the at the Preakness, and then even fewer at the Belmont. So, Andres, your top three are Medina Spirit, Concert Tour, and Midnight Bourbon. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. if that ticket hits, you heard it here first. On weekend starts on Wednesday, and um, so that gets the day started. And the main race is going to be at around three o'clock, maybe three fifteen. And moving into Saturday evening, the Boston Bruins taking on the Washington Capitals. This is the first game of hockey playoffs, and we have a little bit of time left in this segment. So, Andres, one minute to spin it. Who's taking game one, the Capitals or the Bruins? Uh, 
Uh, Capitals. I think Ovechkin is playoff time. He knows what it's like. He's the Russian assassin. It, this is a game game time. I I think this series is going to go to six or seven games though because of the the potential and the de- and the defensive powerhouse that uh, Boston throws out. So uh, I expect it to be a fun series. I think Washington comes out on top, four uh, three series. Uh, but I'm taking Ovechkin game one. Okay. I actually agree with you. I hate Boston sports, even the hockey team, guilty by association. And uh, we have like three minutes left. So this is the perfect amount of time for Flores to uh, discuss UFC pay-per-view Saturday night. What are the details, Flores? What does the audience need to know about UFC Friday night? Or I'm sorry, Saturday night. So the title that Khabib gave up is on the line. Charles Oliveira from Brazil that his last time out <clears throat> absolutely dominated Tony Ferguson, El Cucuy, the guy that everybody thought was going to be the next in line to be the champion that never got a chance to fight Khabib. And that's a lot of people's dream fight because this guy is an absolute badass. And he went out on his shield because he damn near got his arm broken against Oliveira in that fight. And he still just kept fighting, kept fighting. But that guy, Charles Oliveira, just absolutely pounded him out. And he won the fight decisively. And now he's fighting against the guy, Mike Chandler, Michael Chandler, who's coming over from Bellator. He was their champion. And he looked amazing in his first fight with the UFC, which was on the undercard of McGregor and Poirier, the first one that, or the second one that they just had a couple months ago. So he's right away getting a title shot just because of how hyped he was coming to the UFC and how he lived up to the hype the first fight. And he's going up against a guy that everybody is saying, you know what, this guy may not be on a lot of people's radar in Charles Oliveira because a lot of people don't know who he is. But based off of his last five, six fights, he definitely deserves a shot. Whichever one of these guys holds the belt, in my opinion, has the golden ticket. Why? Because if you have that belt, guess who's coming for it? Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Just like I talk about with boxing all the time where it's important. Uh, a lot of these fights, side fights are important because they're lining up who's going to fight Canelo. It's the exact same thing in the UFC with who's going to fight Conor McGregor. So if one of these guys or whoever of these two wins, they'll have the belt. They'll, they'll be in line to hopefully fight McGregor in a fight or two. And on the undercard, we have the aforementioned Tony Ferguson, who he cannot lose this fight. If he loses this fight, his status as one of the top fighters is definitely going to fall off. So we'll see what he does. He's fighting against Dariush, who is a solid fighter in and of himself. And, I mean, it's an even fight. Ferguson is only a plus 145 favorite on that one. So it's still an even fight. Ferguson is always somebody fun to watch. In my opinion, it's not the strongest pay-per-view for just the casual watcher because there's no great names other than necessarily like Ferguson, but still something to watch. Also, side note, there's some boxing here in L.A. Things are starting to open up. There is Brandon Figueroa is fighting at the StubHub Center now called Dignity Health Park. So if you guys get a chance and you're out here in Los Angeles, you want to watch some boxing, Head over to Carson, and if you want to watch it on TV, it's going to be on Showtime. Louis Netty versus Brandon Figueroa. All right, and um, that concludes Saturday's action. So we still have one more day. We will get to that just after this. I do agree with one thing, Andres, and that is that 
absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs>
is uh, Sunday Night Baseball, 4 p.m., the St. Louis Cardinals going into San Diego, taking on the Padres, who are going to be without Fernando Tatis because he is in COVID-19 protocols right now. So he has to um, cleanse before he can return back to the diamond. So that's it. That's the sports entertainment. Now, the bold predictions. Chance actually has two, and Andres actually has two this week because our baseball picks, whoever gets the most fantasy points earns seven points in the bold prediction. So Chance is rolling with J.D. Martinez. Flores is rolling with Otani. I'm rolling with Paul Goldschmidt. Andres is rolling with Anderson. So double good luck to Chance and Andres. Good luck to you, Flores. And let's see if I can cash in and hit 21 points and collect beer from everybody else. So the last segment of the show, it is the fan favorite segment. It's called Scumbag of the Night. Scumbag of the Night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet. They could fuck up your fantasy team, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons and really, really piss you off. So I'm going to go and congratulate on back-to-back-to-back weeks. The Los Angeles Dodgers are my scumbags of the night. Friday night against the Los Angeles Angels, they left 10 men on base with runners in scoring position. Saturday night, the offense did great, but the bullpen gave up five runs, or I don't even fucking know how many runs the bullpen gave up. But at one point, it was 14 to nothing, and the Angels ended up scoring 11 total runs. So Saturday, Dodgers bullpen, my scumbag. Sunday, the Dodgers left 12 men on base. One of the high, probably the highest payroll in baseball, leaving that much people on base is ridiculous. So the Dodgers back to back to back, scumbags of the night. Low key, lightweight scumbag for me is the Los Angeles Chargers because I was contemplating buying season tickets. And um, Andres, Flores, Chance didn't get a chance to weigh in, but I'm assuming he would say the same thing. You guys both said, don't fucking do it. The Chargers suck. Nobody's going to want to buy the tickets. It doesn't matter how nice the stadium is. And Flores, I quote, says, there's a reason why you can get two season tickets for less than $1,000, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I, the reason why I'm advising you to stay as far away as possible from that is because I lost about $800 on two season tickets that I thought was a genius idea when they were there at StubHub at Dignity Health Park and two years ago, actually. And the only thing I have to show for it, and I'm looking at it right now in my garage, are two Los Angeles Chargers license plate frames. That was the only good thing to come out of that whole thing. <laughs> Didn't get a chance to go to any of the games. And it's just nobody gives a shit about the Chargers. If you think nobody cares about the Clippers, Nobody cares about the Chargers on a completely other level than even the Clippers here in L.A. So please, Pat, stay far, far away from that. Uh, my favorite response was when I texted you guys the photo, would you guys pay $200 for this seat? My favorite response was Andres said, absolutely not. <laughs> so um, that those are my scumbags. Um, uh, Andres, over to you for your scumbag of the night. Uh, give me a second. Uh, Flores, yeah. All right, I'll run with it. I'll run with. I'll, I'll run with this. So let's stay in the 
Well, let's stay in the NFC West. Since we were talking about SoFi and the Rams, and that is a season ticket that if you can get your hands on, I recommend doing. But really quickly, I actually have two scumbags, but I'll make the first one kind of quick. DK Metcalf, man. Everybody was on his jock about the fact that he was running in a a heat trial to make it to the Olympics, potentially in the 100-meter dash and all that stuff. And to quote an article, it says... Why the wide receiver fared better than some expected later in the paragraph. So again, it says the wide receiver fared better than some expected. And then later in the paragraph, it says Metcalf finished last among the nine in his heat. What the fuck do you mean that he fared better than some expected when he was last in his heat? And granted, he was 15th among the 17 who competed. But it's like, dude, what are you doing taking the spot of somebody that's been training their whole life to do it. I get it. We were just talking about J. Cole and doing his thing and, and something else that he's not known for, but I don't know, man. All these wide receivers all the time talk about how they're sprinters and they do it in college and I get all that stuff, but the fact that everybody has been just praising DK Metcalf for doing this, I mean, granted, I fucking hate the Seahawks and I hate him, so maybe that's what's kind of making me hate this whole situation, but I did just want to throw that out there. Chance, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on DK Metcalf running that? I mean, you know, I thought it was, um, yeah, I mean, you could say he definitely took the spot of someone who wanted to compete, which he did, but I mean, what would that person have done other than say that they, you know, competed? But the one thing that I do find interesting about it is it just proves like it just shows the evolution of man because they said I, I I read a stat or I heard a stat where they said the time that he posted in which which I think was a ten point three seven um in, in the heat that he finished that Flores is talking about he finished you know last in he he would have finished like he would have he wouldn't have finished in the top three of the whatever state where they ran the heat in the high school track 100 100, uh, meter dash so and what's even crazier about it is in the 1980 olympics he would have gotten a bronze medal if he had (laughs) ran that same time so like that it just shows the evolution like just bigger stronger faster like we like you look at lebron because there had never been a guy who was like 6'8 270 who just ran like a train i don't know when but there's probably going to be a guy who's probably like 6'10", 300, but looks jacked and probably just runs like a deer. Because it's just the evolution, man, of man. It's crazy to think about like 40 years ago, D.K. Metcalf would have won. Um, he would have medaled in the Olympics, but this year he would have lost to some high schoolers. It's just crazy. <laughs> Dude, like 35 years ago, Caitlyn Jenner was a man. So real, so real quick. Speaking of LeBron James, let me just Andres, my bad. Throw my my second scumbag, and I'll be quick about this. So speaking of LeBron James and something you've never seen before, my scumbag, my real scumbag, because I just wanted to hate on the Seahawks and on DK Metcalf real quick. But my real scumbag, Luka Doncic, man. I don't know what the fuck this kid is thinking. I don't know how spoiled he was his whole life. He's a coach's son. He's been a professional basketball player forever. He's been given everything he's ever wanted forever since he was a kid. But he has he's about to get suspended for one game because of the number of technical fouls 
he has this season with 15. He was kicked out of this weekend's game against the Cavaliers because he pretty much nut-checked Con Sexton of the Cavs. And when he did it, if you look at the video, you just, when you see Luka Doncic look at Sexton and then hit him in the groin, he looks like the absolute most spoiled piece of shit kid in the world with his facial expression. So I just wanted to say, Luka Doncic, I know you're great at basketball, but you're a spoiled little brat and you're my scumbag of the week by far. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was I was thinking the same thing. So um, thank you, Flores, for covering it. Andres, what are you smiling about? No, I just I think it's just I didn't know that. Um, I was thinking he's like, oh, the 15 technicals, like this guy's a gamer. But knowing that he literally looked at somebody and then punched him in the nuts, like I uh, definitely didn't call for it. So that's why he's smiling, that- though. That's why I smiled, because that's, that's a move Andres would do. <laughs> no. <in> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I would just talk a lot of shit to the referees. And by the way, if, uh, I didn't know, fun fact about me, I got in a yellow card in volleyball, which I never knew existed. I had no idea it existed. That means that so means you, play volleyball, bro. you were talking more I played shit volleyball than anybody ever has in a volleyball court. <laughs> if you got, and you're the only person ever to get a yellow card. Yes, I've never seen that. Yes, and yes, John, I played volleyball uh, all four years of high school. He played volleyball because they were they let them ride the bus with the girls' volleyball team to the different schools. <laughs> so that's why he signed up. And oh, I, I went to an all boys school, but anyway, my my scumbag of the night is Anthony Jackson, an MMA fighter for Bell. No, that's not his name, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Jackson. I meant Johnson. I was thinking of Jackson because of MMA. Sorry. It's UFC. I meant Anthony Johnson, uh, who fought in Bellator. He just won his fight over the weekend on on Saturday. And then Sunday morning was arrested for uh, identity theft because he had booked an airline ticket without permission from the card user. And they caught him which I think is just a big scumbag move. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why? <laughs> the dumbest things in the world. You're getting your life, and you just got a big knockout for a uh, Bellator fight, and you're getting on the right path, and then they arrest you for using somebody, like using another person's credit card without their permission for a In 2019. Flight? In 2019. Oh, you did it right then and there. But it doesn't <laughs> matter, though. Like, come on, bro. Just, just take a long, just take an eight-hour trip from New Jersey to Florida. It's fine. Just drive. So that sounds like somebody's jaded and just wants to get back at him. That, so, that's what that sounds like. Andres, why are they calling it identity theft if all he did was like buy an airline ticket? Because they had said that it, they didn't authorize it. Like they didn't even give him permission. So because he wasn't, his name wasn't on the card, and he still used it without their permission. Dude, that's identity theft. I mean, you know, that company branch commercial. manager, that branch manager needs to train his MTs better to make sure they're getting the, <laughs> the driver's license with every credit card used. I was just going to say that. How many cars collectively have we rented <laughs> without checking a driver's license? <laughs> so, I mean, that that's a good scumbag, Andres. It's it's light, you know, it's not super heavy. All the scumbags were, were pretty, pretty light today. Um, the, the Dodgers definitely are mine but i want to say on just one of these days we gotta i'm gonna challenge you to a foot race like dk metcalf and we're gonna have a 
We're going to have an official weigh-in, and I'm going to take your hat at the weigh-in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we didn't even mention that. We'll save that for a later date. Got your hat. Let's got your hat. I got Let's your hat. Do Let's do it. Next week. Next week for the hundredth. I'm Let's not gonna it. race you next week. I I have to I have to <laughs> I have to uh, I have to train a little bit. But so yeah, that that concludes the 99th episode. Um, to our loyal listeners, thank you very much. Uh, we are very excited to celebrate next week the hundredth episode. Um, we are gonna be in person. We're going to do it together. So the weekend starts on Wednesday. This weekend, it actually starts at two o'clock with hockey, Oilers, Canadians, and it ends Sunday night at four o'clock, the Cardinals versus the Padres Sunday night baseball. We'll see you guys next week. If you're going to place any bets, good luck. <laughs>